This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We're in the homestand, got off to a wet start. No game on Friday night as the Indians are scheduled to host the Atlanta Braves here this weekend in interleague play. The teams will try again today, try and make it a doubleheader with the original start time for the Saturday game of 4:10 still in play. And a traditional doubleheader, if you're hearing this show around 3 o'clock, on Saturday afternoon, by all means, come on down to the ballpark. Two for the price of one best bargain in sports as the Indians take on the Braves on Saturday. And then Sunday, don't forget, that's the ESPN Sunday night game. So the game, instead of the normal afternoon start time on Sundays here at Progressive Field, instead, on Sunday night, the game will begin at 7.05. Coming up a little bit later on on this week's show, we will hear from James Harris, as the Indians' director of player De- and he will fill us in on a memorable and historic night on the part of Will Benson for the Lake County Captains. He had an unbelievable game offensively on Thursday night of this week, a four-homer game for Benson, one of the Indians' top draft picks a couple of years back and starting to fulfill some of that promise now as he gets deeper into his minor league career. We'll hear from James on that and some others on that Lake County ball club in just a little bit. We will also visit with Leonis Martin, always entertaining, always fun, and off to a real nice start at the plate for the Tribe. And we'll hear from Adam Simber as well as Greg Allen. So a lot to get to on this week's show, and we begin, as always, with our look back at the Week in Review. And for the Indians, starting on Monday night in Seattle, they were looking to bounce back from a tough weekend in Kansas City last weekend. They were swept by the Kansas City Royals as uh, things did not go well in Kansas City for the Tribe offensively or on the mound. But Trevor Bauer was starting on Monday night in Seattle, and he saw to it that the Indians got the Seattle series off to a good start, and the offense started clicking as well early. Hanley Ramirez came to the plate with men on base in the first inning. The 0-2 pitch. Swung on, ripped to first by the diving Encarnacion. Near the line and right a base hit. Into scores, Gonzalez Santana to third. 
And Hanley Ramirez rifles an RBI single the other way. Hanley Ramirez with his seventh RBI of the campaign. Following Ramirez in the tribe batting order for the first time this season, Jason Kipnis was in the lineup. The second baseman completed his rehab assignment after a spring that was uh, filled with a calf injury that he just couldn't get through and finally able to get playing again and work the rehab assignment at the AAA level. Was in the lineup Monday night, came to the plate with men on base, and here's what happened. Nothing in one to count. Two down runners at the corners. The pitch. Swung on. Ground ball base hit into left. That'll score Santana. And a second is Ramirez. And welcome back, Jason Kipnis. And another good piece of hitting. Left on left. Shoots one the other way. An RBI single to left. And the Indians have a 2-0 lead. Four straight have reached after the bases were empty with two down. So the Indians had the early lead, and they would keep it going in the third inning thanks to Jose Ramirez. This is the Liberty Ford Grand Slam giveaway inning. Ramirez grounded out his first time up. He's batting right-handed. He hits it high. He hits it deep to left. You can forget this baby way out of here. That baby almost got into the upper deck and left, and Jose Ramirez has number one. A towering blast to left. It's not a grand slam, but it's nice to see Jose Ramirez jog around the bases with his first bomb of the year, 3-0 Indians here in the third. Meanwhile, Bauer was sailing along with another outstanding night, both in terms of keeping Seattle off the scoreboard and racking up the strikeouts. Bauer's 1-2 pitch to Healy. Strike three called! He guessed anything but a fastball. Seven strikeouts for Bauer, two down in the seventh. In the eighth inning, the Indians would uh, get a couple of more runs in unique fashion, one scoring on a wild pitch, the other on a hit batsman with the bases loaded. Those proved to be key runs as uh, the Indians added some runs on, and they needed some great defense from Greg Allen in the bottom half of the eighth inning to make that lead hold up. The 0-1 is swung on, hammered. Deep right center field. On the run of the Indians. Diving attempt by Allen. He made the catch! A sensational diving catch on the track in right center by the Indians right fielder, Greg Allen. Oh, he did his best Superman. Flying through the air. And a backhanded diving catch on the warning track in deep right center. What a play by Greg Allen. And we'll hear from Greg Allen in just a little bit about that great catch. So the Indians went on to the victory on Monday night in Seattle. 6-4 to four was the final score there. They kept it going on the mound and at the plate on Tuesday night against the Mariners, trying to make it two straight with Shane Bieber on the mound. And in a closely contested ball game, the Tribe was trailing, heading to the fourth inning, but they would turn things around thanks to Carlos Santana. Here's the 3-1. Swung on, and that's hammered in the alley in right center field. It gets down for a base hit, and then some. It rolls to the wall. Extra bases for Santana. Rounding third, heading for home is Kipnis. Head first slide at the plate, and he's in there. An RBI double for Santana, and the Indians have tied this game at one. Well, with two down, you figured Kipnis would be off at the crack of the bat and get a good jump, and he did. 
And he makes it all the way around as Hanniger has a good arm. He fielded quickly. And it was a clean relay home, but Kipnis was able to score all the way from first base on Carlos Santana's fifth double of the season. Now 11 runs driven in for Santana. And after Santana, Hanley Ramirez came through. The pitch to him. Swung on, line drive, base hit left field. Rounding third, heading for home is Santana. He will score. And Ramirez comes through with a two-out RBI base hit to put the Indians in front. Two-to-one Tribe here in the fourth inning. And Hanley Ramirez has eight runs driven in now on the season. And then the Indians would pick up two key runs in the seventh inning. First thanks to newly acquired or new addition to the ball club up from the minor leagues, Mike Freeman. The pitch, swung on line drive, base hit left center. That'll get a big-time run home. Naquin scores, and Mike Freeman's first hit as an Indian is an RBI single to left center on a left-on-left matchup. So the Indians take a 3-1 to lead here in the seventh. And then red-hot Leonis Martin came through. The next pitch, and Martin drives one fairly deep left center. Smith can't get there in time. Ball hits grass, rolls to the wall. More off around third. Coming home, the pinch runner makes it 4-1 to one Tribe. And an RBI double to left center by Leonis Martin. His third hit tonight, his third three-hit game on this road trip. Leonis Martin with his fourth double and fifth run batted in this year. And that would put a capper on that one as the Indians win it by a 4-2 to two score. So they had taken the first two games of the three-game set in Seattle. That brought us to a Wednesday late afternoon game at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, and the Indians had Carlos Carrasco on the mound. Now Carrasco really struggled in his prior outing in Kansas City. Did not make it out of the first inning. Would things be different this time around? You bet. Bottom half of the first inning, Carrasco was about as sharp as you could be. No score, first inning, bases empty, two down, and the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a changeup. So Carlos Carrasco has quickly put Friday night in the rearview mirror. And he stayed sharp through seven innings. He would strike out 12 on the day, and the Indians would get the only run they would need in the fifth inning thanks to Jake Bowers. Here's Swanson's payoff pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to deep center. This has hit a ton. Does it have enough? Smith is back. Home run, Bowers! Just to the left of center, Jake Bowers has put the Indians in front. Well, he hit it a ton, but here you never know. The ball normally does not carry that well, albeit in the daytime, a lot better than at night. And he got the carry, and he gives the Indians the lead on his second home run of the season. Wow, that ball was hit a ton by Bowers. So that Bowers home run made it 1-0, and that lead held on into the late innings. And with Brad Hand unavailable after having pitched in three straight games, the Indians turned to Nick Whitgren, and Whitgren got the job done. Two outs, nobody on. Cleveland won. Seattle nothing here in the ninth. Encarnacion awaiting the payoff pitch, and here it comes. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him with a fastball. Nick Whitgren says, if you can beat me, you've got to beat me by hitting a fastball. 
and Whitgren gets his first major league save. The Indians get a three-hit shutout from Carrasco and Whitgren and blank the Mariners on three hits to win one to nothing and sweep the three-game series and keep the most prolific offense in baseball in check. Averaging seven runs a game, the Mariners scored six runs total in the three-game series. So the Indians won at one nothing to complete the series sweep. Off day Thursday, rain out Friday, and that's your Week in Review. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear from Adam Simber. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell them to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't going to light the candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick. If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Again, the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a fastball. And he had a little extra giddy up on that baby. 87 miles an hour and Hanniger down swinging and once again Adam Simber comes through. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field downtown Cleveland where the Indians are hoping to take on the Atlanta Braves in double header action on Saturday. All the action beginning at 410 and you can hear it right here starting with Indians warm up at 335. Adam Simber is off to a real good start out of that tribe bullpen, which in general, the pen, has been extremely effective in the early going. Reliable, which is uh, certainly something you're always looking for, and they have a lockdown closer and Brad Hand, but some depth too, and a lot of that thanks to the submarine-style right-hander Simber, who has uh, been off to an extremely good start, and in going to Seattle, a chance to pitch in his hometown against the team that he grew up as a tremendous fan of, the Seattle Mariners. Adam, I can't imagine it could have gone any better early in the season, and it seemed like you had that type of spring where you had a lot of confidence heading into the year, and, and is this the type of pitcher you can be if, if things go the way they're supposed to for you? <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to say yeah. I, I think that that's who I believe I am. Um, it all comes down to just slowing things down and getting comfortable in, in Cleveland and um, taking things one pitch at a time, not trying to do too much. I think last year I tried to do too much coming over in the trade and, and uh, put a little bit of pressure and expectations on myself. Um, and I think this year I've just kind of changed my mindset and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to go be me and do my best. I've prepared and all I can do is just go out there and play my heart out. We're at T-Mobile Park in Seattle and uh, it was Safeco Field for the longest time. And for Adam Simber, I know that meant a lot to you uh, and it means a lot to you to be able to pitch here first time coming in to pitch in this ballpark but to explain what Seattle and the Mariners mean to you having grown up here it's unbelievable I, I walked out when I got to the stadium today and just kind of looked at the field and I see Griffey's jersey out there on the wall and Edgar Martinez jersey on the wall and it's it's unbelievable to me that I'm out here doing what they were doing obviously not <laughs> at a hall of fame level yet but um, just growing up as a kid from the time I was five and going to the kingdom to when they built this place in 2000 and 
watching the, the great runs that those teams had, it's it's pretty surreal to, to be on the, the field this time and not just in the stands watching. Oh, Adam, great start. Thanks a lot for coming by. Enjoy the time here in Seattle. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Indians reliever Adam Simber. Had a, a big crowd on hand on Monday night, and he got into that ball game and did some good work in a tight spot for the Indians. Now, also on Monday night, a great catch was made in right field by Greg Allen, the Indians outfielder, having to run seemingly nine miles to get there, made a diving catch on a ball that, had it dropped in, could have changed the complexion of what at the time was a very close ball game. When we caught up with Greg Allen the next day, he talked about the catch and some of the decisions that go in to making that type of catch in that type of situation. Just trying to be aggressive. Um, again, given the game situation, it was late in the ball game, eighth inning. Uh, they put together some pretty good at-bats part of their inning. We were, uh, were able to get a few runs across. So uh, really just trying to do the, you know, the best we can as a defense to eliminate base runners, um, especially keeping the tie run um, out of scoring position. So uh, you know, I was trying to track the ball down the best I could. Ball was it well. Um, Leonis was given a really good chase as well. Was fortunate to be able to kind of close some ground and um, be able to kind of make a last-minute dive sprawl, get a glove on it. And you mentioned Leonis starting to get there. Uh, what goes through your mind in terms of, hey, could this be a collision? Uh, how do I avoid him and, and still make it a good aggressive play? Yeah, I think it's just trusting the guys next to you. Um, obviously, uh, we do a lot of work, especially in spring coming in, uh, making sure that um, we're working on our communication uh, and being aware of your spacing and you know, you know how much distance you have between you and another player or a wall or the warning track and all those kind of things. So um, obviously uh, in the heat of the moment, things are going pretty quick, but um, again, you do the best you can, to, uh, you know, whether it's you, know, you or the guy next to you, somebody trying to make a play on it. And at the plate, I know it's been a slow start for you statistically. What are you trying to get to, and, and what's missing maybe that you're searching for right now? Yeah, I think more than anything, just uh, you know, have to have to have to get back to having you know better consistency on on my end. Um, uh, you know, whether it's coming off the bench late, starting games, uh, any opportunity that I have, I got to do the best I can to manage ABs. Uh, and obviously, again, it's 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 a long season, and, and it's in, and, and it's early, but you definitely don't want to, um, you know, cause that to you know to, to to have you be complacent by any means. So, that's Indians outfielder Greg Allen. Solid game for him on Monday night. Still trying to get it going at the plate, but trying to contribute any way he can in other areas. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from outfielder Leonis Martin. That's after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Atlanta Braves this weekend. Don't forget again, a doubleheader on Saturday, a 4-10 first pitch for game one, and then Sunday night baseball in downtown Cleveland, the ESPN Sunday night game in effect, so the Indians and the Braves will get it going at 7.05. Don't forget it, you can listen to this show each week on the radio, on the Indians radio network, certainly Great if you can uh, catch it as it happens each weekend, usually a couple hours before that game's first pitch if it's a night game or immediately following the game if it's an early afternoon game. But a couple of other ways you can pick up our show, you can do it online at Indians.com, and uh, all the archived editions are there as well. Or you can uh, download it on iTunes. We're available on iTunes under the Cleveland Indians podcast section. And, again, uh, that way you can 
listen to the show at your leisure and uh, take it in. We try and keep the interviews as evergreen as possible and uh, hope you enjoy those as we move through the season. Well, Leonis Martin has been the Indians' leadoff hitter and center fielder in most of the games so far this season, and he has proven to be reliable both defensively and center and offensively as the Indians' leadoff hitter. He's been getting on base with regularity, occasional power, and uh, just generally helping spur an offense that has needed some extra parts to it, and, and he certainly has done his part so far. And when we caught up with Leonis earlier this week in Seattle, we not only talked about some of the teams he's played for in the past, but why this fit with the Indians, batting leadoff and playing every day, has helped him get off to a good start this season. You know, to be to be out there and playing every day is like game changer, man. You know, sometimes like like a day before I went all for five, and when you got the opportunity to be back in the field on the, the next night. That, that's good, you know, give, give you the confidence to, to fix and, you know, to work. And as much you go to the home place or as much you change, you get to get hit and, you know, to help the team and, you know, to do your job. It's, it's, no, it's no fun at all to play once in a while, you know. And then that's something I'm very grateful for and, you know, to have the opportunity to be out there every single day and try to help my team you know, any way that I can to win the ball game. And last night, really, this, this whole road trip, you've been swinging the bat well. When when you're going well, what is the biggest key for you at the plate that you see? Yeah, stay on my plan, man. Stay on my plan. You know, uh, I'm the type of guy that have a I've been around for a little bit, so I understand the game a little bit more. You know, my preparation is a little bit different right now. I'm getting old, so. You know, my first copy in the big league was so hard to understand how important it is the preparation from the game, especially in this level, you know. It's not an easy game. And then my preparation now is completely different than the year before and then the beginning of my career. So that's something I, I think has been the key for me. You know, I watch a lot of videos, I work a lot, I really trust my routine. I chop every single day. Stay with my routine, and I do the same thing every single day to get ready for the game. Leona said, "Guys laugh around you a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's usually a good thing for a baseball team." And, and when did that develop for you? And and what do you try and bring to the team to to keep them going on a day to day basis? Man, that's something that I born with. You know, my personality. I don't know. I like to have fun. I really like to have fun every way that I play. Everybody knows that I like to have fun. This is a game. This is a long season, so you will see up and downs a lot. So you gotta stay positive and then do your best, man, to to stay strong, man. Your mind. So you gotta enjoy every single moment at the baseball field because there is a lot of days you're not gonna feel well. You're not gonna feel like a hundred percent to play, but. Something you can control is have fun and and trying to enjoy the time in the ballpark, man. That's what I do, and I just want to make sure to keep my energy to the team and then to the people around me. I just I just like fun, man. I like fun. I like to laugh and uh, play around with my teammates. That's something like I really enjoy in my time in the ballpark. 
on this road swing, you visited two cities where you played, Detroit first and, and now here in Seattle. What does it mean to you to come back to these places and, and see some people that you have some great memories with? Oh, yeah, it's been a lot, you know. It's been years. I played here in Seattle in 16, 17, and then it's impressive for me and people still remember, see people wearing my jersey still. So it's been a lot for me, especially what I went through last year, all the support that I gave from the fans all the praise so that's something i will never forget from the seattle's and and the and the tiger fans so whatever that i say is not enough man i'm grateful and then you know every time that i play here so i just try to take my time to sign to talk to them because there is a lot to to appreciate to them i know you had a chance to catch up with manny acta who Manage the Indians during a, a tough stretch, and, and I think sometimes people get an impression of someone based on what they see one loss-wise. But he was a coach here when you were here, and how helpful was he to, to really get your career going in a positive direction? Oh, he's, there's a lot to say about money. There's a lot of good things to say about money. He really impacted my career, man. He helped me a lot, like mentally, physically, because he teached me a lot about this game. And then, like I said before, it's, it's, it's a long season and sometimes you need support, man. Sometimes you need someone that, that you can trust to talk. And for me, my year here in Seattle, it was Manny. The guy, I always, like, always by me and, you know, give me a, give me a heads up, whatever. And um, the guy can motivate me to play and, you know, when you get the up and downs. So... Whatever that I say is not is not enough to thanks Manny, but I, it's me and my career for me. And then besides the old relationship as a friends, for me Manny is like my dad in baseball man. Every time that I I don't feel comfy with anything like I call him and we got great communication back and forward and so, so that's something I would never change. And team wise here with the Indians, last couple of nights, is this the team that maybe we could see what they're capable of doing, what you've seen here the last two nights, some things really starting to, to come together a little bit? Man, we, we were playing so good. We weren't playing really good. We've been playing good. We just lost the series in, in Kansas City. Kansas City, they got a lot, a lot of young talents. They are a great team. They are, they are a ball club. So you never have to take anything for granted. I don't know what people say. I don't know. I read a lot about stuff in the Indian in the social media because we lost the city against Kansas City. They are pro players, they are believe players, so they got a bat, they can throw the baseball. So what's the reason we, we, we cannot lose the series against Kansas City? So as a team, we, we were playing so good and now we're playing good still. But we, we show up to play hard every single day and then try to get the win, man, you know. It's a long season, you're not gonna win every single night, you know, it's hard. But what we what we can do as a team is play hard, go out there and play hard and do the best to get the win. And then we've been doing that since day one, it's been trying to play hard, try to get the win. So sometimes the fans, they get very upset about that. They don't understand how difficult is this game. But I just want to tell them this is not an easy game. 
whatever happened in this game, you never know. It doesn't matter uh, how many like superstar you got in your team and how good or how bad you the other team you face. They are a ball club, they are a building team, so they got a chance to win too. So you gotta take a little bit of that too. But man, I'm so proud of my team. I'm so proud of my team and um, we've been playing so well and that's something we keep trying to do until they last day in the season. Uh, Leonis, it's been fun to watch you get off to a good start. I know you, you had a lot of things to overcome late last season. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you. That's Leonis Martin, who truly is uh, one, of the, one of the funnier people that uh, you'll meet. And his teammates love him. And when you hear managers, players, coaches from other teams that he has played for in the past talk about him in, in great, great tones, uh, you get the idea that he's a welcome teammate on any ball club. And the Indians glad to have him and glad to have him back healthy after that bacterial infection that really put him in harm's way and ended his season well before he was hoping last August. And uh, he's fully healthy now and playing good baseball for the Tribe. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from James Harris. The Weekly Farm Report comes your way shortly as we conclude Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need music to get pumped? Hit it! Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse with you this weekend. Great to have you with us as uh, we fight through some inclement weather early in the weekend, but hopefully it improves as we move along. It was good weather Thursday night. Lake County had a home game at uh, the single-A Midwest League level, and we're going to visit now with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, and talk about a once-in-a-lifetime night for a young Indians prospect. Will Benson, the tall, left-handed hitting outfielder for the Indians, well, he had a night to remember with four home runs in one game for Lake County. And Benson, a former number one draft pick of the Tribe, first-round draft pick, uh, it's taken him a while to get going. There's been a lot of strikeouts, some frustrations along the way, but uh, he has kept at it, worked hard, and this season it's really coming together. Even without the four-home run game, he had been off to a good start. Well, uh, James just happened to be at the game the other night, Thursday night, at Lake County, and he fills us in on how special a night it was for Will Benson. Yeah, I wish I could say that I did something to motivate him to do that, but just not the case. It was an amazing thing to see up close and in person. So happy for him, so happy for his teammates, and it's great when something like that can happen. You see the development, and a player and the team can win all in the same. So it was a, it was a good night for the team. And here's a former first-round draft choice who has struggled statistically in his minor league career so far. But I know Luke Carlin said it after the game last night. I know you said it last year quite a bit. He was doing some things that were encouraging. What were those that not only allowed him to, to perform well last night but get off to a good start this season in general? 
Well, first thing he did is he flushed last season. So to not bring that into this season or not take that into the next at-bat, what you see see now is he's competing pitch-to-pitch, pitch, not just at-bat to at-bat, and that's good to see out of, out of the young kid. And being able to do that, and as big and strong as he is, when he connects on one, it goes pretty far. And you were saying he, he darn near had a five-home run night? It was close. Uh, he, he fought a couple balls out. I want to say that last at-bat was a nine-pitch at-bat, but every single one of them were competitive. It wasn't just a fat meatball across the plate that he hit out of the park because he's a big guy. He came in there with a plan, competed. I mean, there were times where he would, would step out of the box, pitcher would try to delay him. Like, there, there are a lot of things. They were competing against him, and it was a fun thing to watch. And you mentioned the physical tools. They're obvious. They're there. But mentally, to go through some of the things he's gone through, how strong has he been mentally, and, and what's allowed him to, to really continue moving forward and now enjoy some success? Yeah, I think one of the things that people don't talk about is a, a guy who's a first-round pick, and there's money associated with that, and there's, that's all through social media, and everyone's talking about, I mean, everyone knows your name when you're the first pick for the Cleveland Indians, so like all that comes in, and, and you want to do well. You have high expectations for yourself. Your teammates have high expectations for you. So when all those things don't line up right away, uh, you have to be mentally tough to come back the next day and keep working. He does that with a smile on his face, and we're glad to see that that work is starting to pay off. And we've talked about it before. Patience is so important in player development. Um, sometimes it's easier in some cases than others. What allows you to be patient with a young man like him? Well, first thing is we drafted him out of high school. So you take him 18 years old, he's coming in, and the, the only thing you can do is be empathetic to remember how you were when you were 18 years old and imagine the world on your shoulders uh, trying to compete in a game that you love. So being able to say, this guy, if he's, if he's the best, would be competing for us in five years, that, that's a long time. And most people don't, don't make it that quickly. So there's a lot of time uh, to develop him and, as well as our other players. James Harris joining us. We're talking Lake County, talking Will Benson, who had a four-home run game, which uh, hadn't happened in the minor leagues since 2014, did that on Thursday night for Lake County. There's others there, though, uh, as uh, some good prospects. Bo Naylor, another uh, top-round draft pick, just last season in a demanding position as a catcher. Here he is in a full-season club, very early in pro ball. How's he doing? Mature players. He's doing well. He's he's played international ball, traveled quite a bit, played against some minor league teams when he was in with Team Canada. So he's seen this level of competition, um, but now he's digging in, riding the buses at a full season club, and um, being able to lead a pitching staff. Um, there's some interesting things there with this young fellow. And when you say that leading a pitching staff and, and there's some good stuff offensively, what jumps out to you uh, so far? And obviously, very early in the season. Yeah. Well, the number one thing is you're building relationships, not with just the pitchers, but with the pitching coaches and, and your manager. Um, we're attempting to prevent runs, and that, that happens more than just with the pitchers. The catcher is actually calling a game. He's trying to understand the pitcher's strengths. He's trying to understand the hitter's weaknesses. He's trying to understand the situations of the game and putting all that together to make decisions in a split moment. Uh, all those things are happening while someone's trying to run on you from first base, and, and it's, it's, it's something that he's taking all that stuff in and, and doing a good job. I remember that name, folks, Bo Naylor, who is uh, catching right now at Lake County. Tyler Freeman, we saw him a little bit in uh, major league games this spring, and it looks like he's off to a nice start. And what are you seeing from him early on? Well, one thing you'll, you'll see about him last year or this year is, is consistent bat to ball. So he's going to put the, the bat on the ball. We're, we're working with him to do that harder so he, he, that can continue to play. But he's a, he's a guy that finds a way to get things done. He does it with a smile on his face. 
Uh, he does it on defense at shortstop, and it's, he's really fun to watch. Switching to the mound at Lake County, Raymond Burgos, uh, a starter at your high on obviously just a couple of starts uh, under his belt so far, but uh, what jumps out from spring training and now on into the early portion of the season? The thing about, about him is, he, I mean, he's, he's a big guy, and he, he makes for some uncomfortable at-bats. Um, and, again, he's a guy that works hard. From the time he got here to now, he's gained about 70 pounds. So uh, he's, he's physically developing to the point where he's learning how to use that body. And, uh, and I mean, his teammates love him, and he goes out there to, to compete. He's a big guy. How do you get someone to gain 70 pounds in a short period of time? <laughs> There's a lot of food, a lot of weights. Um, yeah, a lot of hard work. It's not easy. He put everything together to be able to do it. All right, one last pitcher, uh, Luis Oviedo, uh, another guy you're high on? Absolutely. That. Now, Oviedo is a name that you'll probably hear most about from that pitching staff. He's, he's one that people would recognize the most. Um, but anytime you go down there, you're going you're gonna to see a good game. You're going to see good competitive at-bats, both offensively and defensively. And he's, he's the guy that's, that's kind of the number one of that pitching staff. All right. Now, based on uh, where you were Thursday night watching Will Benson's four-home run game, where are you going to be next week? Uh, who's who's on the hot seat next week? <laughs> well, hoping to get to see Akron, and I hope that doesn't put any pressure on anyone. Usually when I go to a game, I try to make sure that I'm not putting any pressure on the players. Like, I try to come in and make it light, or sometimes I don't even go to the clubhouse. I'll start at the game and then work my way back to the clubhouse. But yesterday, for some reason, I walked through the clubhouse, and I'm like, oh, no, hopefully, hopefully I'm not making these guys nervous. But I can't make a player any more nervous than the second deck does here in, in Cleveland, so I, I feel pretty good about that. Maybe you're on to something. Go through the clubhouse everywhere you go. <laughs> I'll have to do that from now on. James, thanks for coming by. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this weekend. Hope you can join us next week when we will join you from Houston. The Indians back out on the road next weekend. Thanks to Brian Matze, as always, for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.